0: Free Pizza is sponsored by the Center for Visual Artists, also known as CVA. We are a nonprofit arts organization that supports local emerging artists as well as the Greensboro arts community. Please come visit us at 200 North Davies Street in Greensboro, North Carolina, inside the Cultural Arts Center in downtown.
1: Welcome to the 106th episode of the Free Pizza Podcast today's guest is parco richardson a director and producer enjoy free pizza your platform for creatives and today we have the amazing parco richardson in here what's up
0: hey what's going on
1: well not in here but you're in arizona (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a- <laughs> so
1: he's out there but he's with us and i appreciate you um taking the time to do this um i'm so excited your work is absolutely beautiful and i can't wait to talk about it
0: thank you thank you i appreciate it
1: yes director and producer and yeah let's dive on in so what kind of what got you on the path to i guess being a filmmaker or photographer where, where did it start for you
0: uh i guess you know well since i grew up in north carolina uh i guess it kind of started uh, back there um I was making short films with some friends in uh, school. I think the first project I I did was out in I think it was Pleasant Garden. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Out in Greensboro, and we uh, we made a movie called Tiger Man. It was kind of like a <laughs> yeah. It was a it was like kind of a, a a horror film. And like I I went back to I went back to visit my buddy who I who was a director out there and. Uh, He's a, he's a really big into the horror scene, and he actually showed me a cut of it, and I just it was so funny just to, because you, you could see our our shadows and the tripod and everything, all the mistakes. It was it was pretty fun. It was just about a guy, uh, about a group of teenagers that get lost in the woods that um, get attacked by this uh, this this mutated man who became a tiger, he's like a, a laboratory experiment. <laughs> so uh, so that was like kind of my first, our first film. But what kind of set me on the path to like a uh, loving film was that I think I, um, it was, I saw Pope Fiction on TBS. So it wasn't even like Pope Fiction, like, you know, watching the DVD with all the, like, you know, everything in there. It was like a, you know, uh, the, the PG-13 version of it on TBS. And I'm like, even when I watched, it, I was like, "How the hell did they? <laughs> how the hell did they get away with this? Yeah. Like, be you know, I mean, like, I mean, I want to make movies like this. I want to do stuff like this. And so that kind of like Quentin Tarantino, like you know, I kind of became obsessed with Quentin Tarantino. And I think that's like every like new generation filmmaker was kind of is kind of obsessed with Quentin, Tar- uh, Quentin Tarantino's works. Yes. Work. yes. Um, but as I got older and stuff like that, and I started looking at like more films and getting diving into it more, uh, more, you know, I started loving things like, uh, you know, I, you know, I remember, I remember going to the theaters watching like, you know, eternal sunshine of the Spotless yes. spot. You know what I mean? Like I, I remember being in high school, watching that. And then, like, I used to be, I watch all these like weird movies, uh, just growing up and, uh, really just diving really, uh, head into it. And then, um, I remember looking to go to film school, but it was very expensive, so I joined the military to get free schooling. And then I and then I came out after I got that. I got the GI Bill, and Then I went to the Art Institute, got my bachelor's degree in film, and then I just kind of started working in the film industry after that.
1: Yo, that's such a <laughs> crazy route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I mean, shout out to that GI Bill. I have a couple homies who went, uh, went to the Navy who did the exact same thing. You're in, in school for various things, so that's an awesome route to go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it was a tough one. It was it was a crazy crazy route. Uh, you know, I, I'm you know I'm glad I did it, and then also I'm just like man, because I cause I, went, I joined the Marine Corps. I should have like joined like the Navy or Air Force or something, something super <laughs> like easy. But I was like being a young kid thinking like, if I'm going to join, I'm going to join the hardest branch ever. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. gonna go all out. That was my thought process. And then like you know before I left, I was watch I watched like you know uh stanley Kubrick movies you know like i was yes. watching uh you know full metal jacket um, i was watching uh what was it jar i watched jarhead you Dude, know I yes. like- <laughs> so i was watching like every marine movie there was to prepare to myself prep for- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prepare myself for the marine corps and then like when i got into it when i got there i mean i was like Oh, okay. This is is kind of like this. You know, what I mean? it's kind of like those movies.
1: <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. Yeah. If you'd have went there and told them that, hey, I watched all these movies to prepare for this, so I'm like, I'm very really excited to be here because of these fucking movies.
0: They probably, they probably be. They probably wouldn't. laugh. Well, that's one of the things, though. A lot of these, a lot of the drill instructors out there, they they like, they're like class clowns, and yeah. I think they. You can even make a, a a TV show based on drill instructors because they're so. They're some of the funniest people. I've heard. And then I, you know, and, they, and they'll they ask people, they'll be like, who joined the Marine Corps for school? Who who, who joined because they watched, you know, the commercials <laughs> about the guy uh, slaying dragons? Who, who who, joined because of this movie? And then they'll be like, and then you'll get people who raise their hand and they'll be like, you're a fucking idiots, get out in the sand <laughs> pit. Ah. And they start, you know, and they just start destroying you. And I'm just like, oh my God, why did I do this to myself? Yes. <laughs> I, i made horrible decisions. (laughs) Yo,
1: that's freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. So did you film any while you were in? Were you allowed to film anything while you were in the military?
0: You know what? So I did. uh, So when I went to uh, when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, I had a digital camera. But everything that I had uh, picture wise was on a uh, I had an old MacBook that I bought when I was in the service. Yes. and And the MacBook crashed. And so I, uh, yeah, so when I got out, I lost, uh, I lost all of the, uh, I lost all the photos and everything from uh, when I was in my service. And so I was like, I, you know, it was just one of those disappointing things where it's just like, man, I lost four years of my life right there, just (laughs) because I down, everything was on my, and then, yeah, it's just gone. But then I reach out to some military, uh, some of my buddies in the military. They had they have photos and stuff of us and everything like that. So it's not a complete loss. So
1: absolutely, that was a bummer. That's such an interesting yeah. route though. That's awesome. So yeah. I guess it's just, so. To wrap to get to the beginning. So you pretty much got into filming just from watch the love of movies.
0: Yeah, love of movies. Okay. Yep.
1: Perfect. Yeah. So so uh, no experience as far as within high school, middle school, and like that. Just jumped just straight after after high school
0: yeah yeah so like well during during so basically during high school okay, during yeah. high school okay yeah, during high school i you know like i said i was watching movies and you know just a love of movies and then after that uh then i found i worked a summertime job uh wet and wild in point yeah okay, okay. <laughs> yeah i worked there and then i met a buddy uh, jacob who we made tiger man together like perfect we both were, okay yeah and that's when we were like oh man we we both love movies together and then like you know we were still in high school and so that's when we made Tiger Man and, and I was like our my first venture into filmmaking right there and then you know I was like man I want to go to film school and I remember even going with my buddy Jacob and we went and I think we might have driven to Raleigh and there was like some film school out there and his mom took us out there to go kind of go look at different film schools and stuff like that because we both wanted to go and then I just and then I was just looking at Full Sail and, you yeah. know, I was looking at New York, uh, the New York uh, Film Academy and all these other different. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Let me uh, then let me find a different route. You know what I mean? Perfect, so perfect, perfect. it's and so I always <laughs> tell people, I'm like, you don't have like when people are like, you know, they talk to me about commitment to film. I was like, you don't have that much commitment because I risked my life. <laughs> for filmmaking <laughs> I, I went to war for filmmaking <laughs> yo
1: that is such a great route i love that <laughs> yeah. so much yeah. cool so this okay awesome let's jump um after your service uh you did four years right yeah i did four years yeah. okay four years and you came up to gi bill so what mm-hmm. made you go to the art institute
0: art institute so um i was in I was in I was stationed in California so and I looked at film schools out there but everything was just so expensive to like live by myself so I I have buddies in the military who, who, who I would I go back to Arizona uh go back to Phoenix with and kind of I kind of just made some friends here and I was like okay it's a little bit cheaper and then I started looking at film schools out here and Art Institute popped up and then I went to Art Institute and they kind of sold me on this idea they were like oh my god one of our teachers has an Emmy and Star Trek and all this <laughs> and I was like whoa cool you know what I mean That's kind of like they kind of like they, they kind of uh get you they get hook you in with that that uh with your teachers you, like having Emmys and like, you know, they've worked on big projects. And so I was like, well, this is a no brainer type of thing. <laughs> but then, but then I went to school, I did everything. And then I, I interned at a post house for my internship and they had clients like Pet Smart and stuff like that. And so I started getting on these big commercial sets and then I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know what mean? So, so, so basically why, what, white film school pretty much taught me how to do is be a basic videographer like if i wanted to do youtube videos and things like that it didn't really prepare me for like that hollywood style of filmmaking that being on set with a crew of a hundred people and everybody has their own departments and like you know what i mean they didn't really tell us about that type of you know what i mean so uh, it was a it was an eye opener, and I and I when I started working in commercials and stuff like that, I really had to like you know relearn everything about filmmaking and stuff.
1: Absolutely. So you think so? You definitely think
0: you thought you went in there with a certain confidence and kind of got like your ass handed to you. Pretty much. And and like and and so with my military training, like you know, it was kind of like I didn't let it be known that I didn't know what I was doing. I, like people would tell me like, hey, can you go grab me this? And I would like literally like, okay, I would run off and like get on my phone and Google what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back with it. And I'm like, it took you long enough. I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't find it. You know, just some big up stuff. Yeah, so uh, that was like, I remember my very first commercial with this Peter Piper commercial. And it had stunts, it had all this stuff. <laughs> they literally hooked this little girl up on this rig that, that makes her, that had her gliding through the store
1: oh my God. and it's like
0: and it's like this she was supposed to play like a fairy or something like that and like make wishes come true and i just remember like this is nuts like they brought this whole like stunt team from LA and like you know and they had this girl in this rig and it was just like and i just remember being like man this is this is madness and i don't think i've ever been on the, i don't think i've been on another commercial where it required like a person being rigged or, you know, anything crazy. I think uh yeah, I don't think I've been like, you know, I don't that was the last time I worked with a stunt team, I feel like.
1: Dang, did I want yeah. to say that sounds like me so epic.
0: <laughs> so that was, yeah, it was that yeah, so that was my big my big pain first commercial was that.
1: That is so sick. But let's go back to more in depth with the schooling.
0: Okay. That yeah, definitely yeah.
1: one I wanna talk about why you chose to be a director instead of Mm -hmm. maybe anything else and kind of the overall experience what you know as far as studying film and how if it was hard or strict or loose
0: or just the overall experience okay um i think well when i when i went to film school i i went in with the intentions of being a director being all this but then i started gearing towards more cinematography Mm -hmm. because i love like I love the imagery. I love like setting up a shot. I love how things look. Uh, and as I got into the as I start doing more commercials and working as a AC and doing things like that, I started being like, Man, this is a very technical feel, you know. <laughs> and you like, you know, like, I need a three hundred Joker over here. I need you to put a diffuse on this and that. And I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm like, I was like, I'm I'm I I was like, you know what? I'm more of a fan of the idea of cinematography. I love cinematography, but I don't want to be a cinematographer. So, (laughs) and so I went back to like, you know, you know, uh, writing and like, okay, I want to go back to like directing. The the reason why I went to film school was to be a writer director. So I was like, why am I not doing this? So, (laughs) so now I've like, you know, I refocus my, you know, my. Priorities, and now I'm just I'm going back into uh, directing my own stuff, writing my own stuff, uh, and yeah. Uh, what's, what was the other question about school? Yeah, Schooling? so like,
1: so the curriculum as far as you and the classes and stuff. Did you get an overall? I guess it probably lets you take a little bit of everything before you really dove into your concentration.
0: Oh, so uh, writing,
1: school- or maybe scripting, or maybe a little bit of acting, or anything
0: like that. Oh yeah, so we did have a acting and movement class, which was, it was, <laughs> so there was this one acting and movement uh, class that I had. And so I played like a minor role. We had to recreate scenes and I think we did a scene from uh, 500 Days of Summer. Okay. okay. It, uh, it was a scene in a, in the bar and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's characters, me know it Deschanel and they're at the bar and I played a bartender. Okay. And everybody else, did other scenes, but they but who if they played other characters, they just stopped. But me, what my acting and movement teacher loved about me is that once my scene was over with, but the scene was still going, then I kept doing like the stuff. I kept like washing glasses. I was wiping down tables, and then like at the end of it, the teacher was like, "The one thing I loved about Parko." is that he didn't break character, even though his scene, everybody else did. Everybody else, as soon as their character was over, they just stood there like, I'm done. But yes. me, I was still in character, I'm like doing this, and like, you know what I mean? And my acting and movement teacher like praised me for like, you know, everything. Like, he was just like, Yo. and I remember, I remember the t- uh, students always been like, man, Dr. Bowers just loved you as the bartender, and I'm like, I mean, hey, I mean, that's what a background actor does. I mean, I don't know. like You keep, you keep like, it going it going! I, I have to make the scene seem alive, you know. Uh, so yeah, I remember that, and then I remember doing um, uh, my buddy Andy. He, me and him, love action movies. I that was one. Also, that's another influence of mine is Jackie Chan. Growing up was like yes. he got me into like action movies. Like he also is a big influence of why I wanted to be a filmmaker is just action movies. And so me and him recreated the scene, the first scene in Rush Hour. Where Jackie Chan, he's chasing yes. uh, uh Chris Tucker gets off the uh, the motorcycle, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Get out of the car. get out of the car now!" You know what <laughs> I mean? So, so I, so I played Chris Tucker, and he played Jackie Chan, and you know, and we're just we just reenacting the whole scene, and then like it was a great it was a great time. I love that that um, the rush hour rush hour is like one of my most like favorite movies to quote right there. That is uh, amazing. Uh, so um, and I actually did uh, actually my senior project actually in high school I think we had to do senior projects then um, it was it was about Jackie Chan's stunts uh I, I did my whole project about uh police story yeah. and all, the, all his uh, all his dangerous stunts and things like that and how he's broken every bone in his body and you know it was you know how he's so dedicated to the, to the uh you know to just getting the shot you know what I mean so
1: that is that's that's insane dude i've always wondered if directors or anything had any background in acting which i know a lot of them do but like that's cool that in school that you were able to kind of experience that and excel in it
0: yeah yeah yeah. i mean i think one i think it's it is important for a director to take some type of acting class uh just so he can know how to give direction to actors. You right. know what I mean? Right. There's some directors there who don't know how to talk the actors mm-hmm. and they're like you know, I've worked with and they just like, "Ah, you know what I mean?" But I think it is important to just, you know, you know, take a class, uh, learn what it's about and then so you can be a better director. So. Right, you
1: know, right. Like that. Would you say your overall curriculum there was pretty lax or was it pretty pretty strict as far as teachers critiquing and
0: all that? Uh, I feel like it was pretty lax. I feel like there was only a few, like, I'm not trying to, well, I am trying to bash the school, (laughs) but because the school is shut down now, it's not even uh, operational anymore. So uh, the teachers there were, they didn't come from heavy background uh, of film. Like there were a lot of teachers there from news backgrounds, uh, post backgrounds. Like there was like one or two teachers who actually had worked on like movie sets. You know what I mean? Okay. And so kind of like, it didn't like i said it like the school didn't really prepare you for what the actual industry yes. was about it, it prepared you for if you wanted to go to the corporate side of video like if you wanted to go to like you know work some corporate job and mm-hmm. like shoot talking heads and conferences and all that other stuff that's what you know that's what the school prepared you for it didn't prepare you for like what you watch on television like mm-hmm. oh you know what because that's what most people go to film school for so they can recreate movies and you know make future films short films and things like that. Yes. Um but yeah so I mean in terms of like were the programs they were they were hard they were the only hard programs were the were the ones that required me to do post. Like it required me to do like after effects, green screen and things like that. Those were the hard classes because I, I don't I never knew anything about that stuff. You know what I mean? So it's my first time dealing with any of like, you know, any of those programs. And the teacher also who ran those classes was kind of a hard ass. So he was like the hard He was known for making students cry. Oh, my <laughs> God. How I, was, I was like how hard he was. And like I think he like me, and him had like I would always butt heads because I just got out of the military. So I didn't really like. I don't care. I don't have to take your shit. You know what I mean? Type of attitude. <laughs> like, you know I mean? So I had this attitude like, I'm not going to take your shit. Like, you know, what I mean? I'm not like this. I'm not an like 18 year old kid that you could just boss it, like, you know, intimidate here. You know what I mean? So I kind of had this. Me and him would always kind of be butting heads a lot, you know. Uh, and then I remember, like, you know, it, it it was just one of those things where he would always say things like, Parker, you think you're going to be some great filmmaker, but you don't think, like, you know, it's hard, you know what I mean? He would always, like, condescend me all the time and, like, you know, what I mean? like, like, I'm never going to accomplish anything, you know, I would just be like, I'm going to prove you wrong, you know, what I mean? <laughs> that type of attitude. <laughs> so, uh, you know. I mean, I've kind of, I kind of have proven them a little bit wrong because uh, I've had some small success in, like you know, outside of school. But like, you know, we're still, I'm still working towards that, you know, you know, that big. It's never ending. Never ending, exactly. Yeah,
1: screw him because I think, I mean, we're gonna talk about your work in a little bit, but is (laughs) this you've absolutely done well for yourself? It looks so good. Thank you. Yeah. So let's go past uh, after you graduated, and because I think the. Part that people want to know is, because you, are you fully freelance?
0: Yes, I'm full freelance. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. So, how did it look when you graduated? Like, how did you know what direction you were going, or were you just
0: kind of like, you know, going to mm-hmm. wing it, or did you have any plan at all? So, um, when I when I first started fully freelancing, first I, I had just had a few jobs. I just you know, and I PA'd on a few jobs and. Once the calls kept coming in, I was like, you know what? I had a job where I was washing dishes and slash cooking at a place, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to quit. I can yeah. quit this job. I get enough calls in, you know, the production world that I can do that. So I quit, and I remember that 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 first like year or two being like the toughest.
1: Yeah,
0: and being I I literally made maybe fifteen thousand dollars one year yeah you know I mean? like it was like it was just like it was a tough year like because it was just like i'm still new so people are still getting to know me but now i'm, I'm at the point where i'm making you know 30 35 you know what i mean so okay. i'm getting more you know, more calls you know so um but i'm always looking to like now i'm now i'm like to the point where i'm like okay i need to be making more still you know what I mean? <laughs> so now I'm, I'm i'm like i started you know as you're seeing now I've been, I started directing more, you know what I mean? I've started to push out my own content. And so I'm trying to push to the next level of like, you know, I want to, you know, I'm trying to pitch, you know, this, my my new web series to Netflix so I can like run my own show and like, you know, some I'm I'm working towards that now that's my next goal. But yeah, it was very tough the first few years. So, you know, I would say if you, to all the people listening who want to be freelancers, if you're going to go full-time freelance, go full-time freelance in a city <laughs> that has a huge film community slash uh, has a huge um, tax film tax incentive because that's the thing about Phoenix. We don't have a tax incentive here, so it's just like slim pickings here. You know what I mean? Oh, so you would have to... Damn. Hold on, why is calling? So yeah. Um, and you would have to... You're going to have to... Uh, I mean, even if you move to L.A. and Atlanta and stuff like that, it's, I mean, you're going to be competing with a lot a lot of people. But you have a, a lot more opportunity to get on like tons of shows and move up faster and things like that here. I, you know, um, I've, wor- I've been working as a P.A. for five years and then I, you know, and then I then like you know I have a, a a few of the coordinators. They'll throw me a few bones here and there. They'll like, hey, do you wanna uh, do you wanna uh, produce this job or do you wanna do this and do that? Mm-hmm. So I had my opportunity to produce uh, music videos for yeah. some bands bands that came out for Country Thunder this past uh, uh, year and um, had some you know I, I produced some music videos. I've directed some music videos. Um, I coordinated a few things so they they, they they throw you a few bones here and there and like you know they, that you know so you're like you're getting paid that top dollar finally and you're like whoa this is how much you guys have been making this whole seven hundred dollars a day like I want to stuff Dude, like that yes So um, you know so and that's kind of what I'm working towards now is like I want to be making those big bucks but if you but if you're but if you work in a city that's like constantly working, then you know, I the biggest thing is I just I don't want to move to LA right now because it's just so expensive. Maybe when the housing market crashes again yeah. and then I can go buy a house for like hundred k, then I'll go do that. But it's just so expensive to live in LA that like you know, is it, I would be working to just pay rent. I don't want to be. I don't want do to. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, so and I mean I've and then I've worked in Atlanta because my sister lives in Atlanta. Okay. But I I just I just you know for me I'm just so I'm a West Coast kid now. I feel like I've yes. been on the West Coast for so long that I've just like I'm so used to the West Coast that I don't know how if I could go back to the East Coast unless it was like New York or something. I I, I love New York. I can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's sick. I've always yeah, I was gonna ask you how it felt like you know you being from here in the Greensboro area to this having a whole new life out there and I've been out there a handful of times and I can definitely see why people love being out there. But I mean, obviously in Arizona, there's probably more opportunities than there are necessarily in North Carolina. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love, I, I mean, I just remember falling in love with uh, California. So my, so as soon as I got in the military, uh, like I graduated in 2006 and then after boot camp and after my schooling, I got stationed at Camp Pendleton, which is like San Diego mm-hmm. pretty much. And I remember my being going to San Diego. This is my first time in California, first time on the West Coast. And I'm just like, wow, like, you know, walking around thinking, like, you guys live like this every day? There's a beach <laughs> right here? There's this. There's this. You know what I mean? Just like, this is like life. And I remember this is the this is the kid you not, this is the first, my first experience there. Because I'm so used to like Taco Bell and stuff like that. You know, Grease right? We don't, <laughs> we don't have that authentic Mexican food like yeah, there in the on the East Coast. So I'm out here and I'm and I'm, hey guys, you know, I'm like. I, need, I, want some, I, want some, I want some food, I want some Taco Bell or something. And they're like, man, I got something better. And I'm thinking like, they're gonna give me some authentic, they're gonna take me to this authentic Mexican restaurant. <laughs> uh, these guys didn't take me to the, they were like, I got something better, Del Taco. Yes. And I was
1: like, <laughs> yes. And
0: I was, so they took me to Del Taco and I remember being like, I remember taking a bite out of this and I was like, Del Taco is trash, Trap. don't you ever take it here again. <laughs> And so, we actually we actually found this this amazing uh, taco spot outside the base called Ponchos, which had the best California burritos ever. And so I got so hooked on these California burritos. So when I went back to North Carolina, and I remember going out to eat at this Mexican restaurant in North Carolina, and I asked them, I was like, "Hey, can you guys make a California burrito?" And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was thinking like it was across the board at like any Mexican restaurant in the U.S. you could go to and be like. And then they were like, "What is that?" And I was just like, "Oh, it's just a burrito with like potatoes and this." Yes. That. Like, and they were just like, had zero clue what I was talking about. And I was just like, "Oh, darn it!" Just <laughs> <laughs> like you can't bring that 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 you know that lifestyle over. I just and I realized that that um, North like small towns in the South, if it's not Atlanta or New York or the big cities on the East Coast, it takes at least five years of culture to like it takes. Like from 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 LA and New York to get down to like the small towns in the South, it takes like five or six years. I remember going back in two thousand fifteen to Greensboro, and they were they were just opening up a um, a world of beer, and and everybody was like, and everybody was going crazy. They were like, oh my god, world of beer, world of beer, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking myself, I'm like. We've had a World of Beer here in Arizona, uh, Phoenix, for like ten years. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's just like you know to be I mean? like what, like you know. So it's so it just it just it's crazy to me that it just takes so long to trickle down to yes. like you know, yeah, certain aspects of uh, culture.
1: That's and insane. So, yeah. And that, I remember when that World Beer opened, it was crazy here, but now it's like empty.
0: Oh yeah, I bet. Which it's is just pretty like,
1: hilarious. I mean, they're, they're kind of expensive, so
0: that's why i stopped going to it and yeah. the one here closed down because i think it was also it's just like it's so expensive it's like okay yeah you got a whole collection of craft beers and stuff like that but if i can't afford it if i'm like paying like 15 dollars for a beer i'm not, like, i'm not gonna drink it you know yeah mean? right right you know? right that no beers worth 15 unless it's like a you know one beer and i'm wasted type of thing like it's <laughs> 15% alcohol <laughs> like I'm paying I'm paying a dollar for every percent of alcohol in the, the beer. you know what I mean exactly
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly that's hilarious so what, I, what I'm super curious about is in that especially in that first year you were out of college and it was things were kind of like whatever how would you market yourself to get these jobs you say you were an AC say, explain what an AC is
0: Oh, assistant camera operator is somebody who assists the DP like he brings some lenses he slates the mm-hmm. scene and uh, he changes mat, uh the, the uh, you know the, the card out of the camera for the DP while the DP literally works he so the DP he just focuses with the director and the lighting and trying to get the scene lit and then the AC takes care of all the camera needs, pretty much. You're like, hey, put the right. 25. I want a, you know, 25 millimeter on the lens, like you know, and you know, and then like he takes the camera, like the AC takes the camera from the DP, you know, once the scene's over and stuff like that. Um, but how I, I didn't really market myself. That uh, I got all I got all of my jobs basically when they when people say the way to make it in Hollywood, Hollywood is basically. Uh, Based on people who you who you know, who you know, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and, that, and it's true. It's basic. Uh, so once I made that first connection working on those Petsmart commercials, I met this guy Tim May, who was a, 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 another PA slash grip, and he just he got me in, and he was just like, hey, I like the way this guy works. He brought me in for a Peter Piper commercial. Then after that, I met the coordinators. I met, started meeting some of the local crew. And after that it was just kind of one of those things where they were just say, Hey Parko, you available? Hey Parko, you available, hey Parko, you available and that was a, and I never really like marketed myself like posted up online like hey I'm I'm this it's just like you know, it's just now and I just I get calls like hey I got your name from so and so hey I got your name from this you know what I mean? So that's yeah. how I get most of my work It's never I'm never on because a lot of people ask that same question where they're just like, Hey, how did you get it? where do you market yourself? Where do you apply to these jobs? I'm like, You don't apply to these jobs. People call you for these yeah. jobs. Like Dude, there's yes. no there's there's no website or anything like that where people like where people post these jobs at. It's just there's a coordinator in who, who's, who's who's prepping a job for whoever, and they're just like, hey, Parko, do you want to? Uh, I need you know PAS. I need this. Can you come? Uh, can you? Are you free to work? And I'm like, yeah, I'm free to work. And then like or or somebody from out of town, they get onto the production database and they and they see. Uh, a local the local coordinators or local producers and they call them like hey i'm looking to put together a team do you have any names and they're like oh yeah call this guy and that's how i get like hey i got your name from julie cook or i got your name from this person like and i'm like oh yeah yeah and then they and that's how they put me on but like yeah there's rare i i rarely hit up any like websites that like hey there's you know because most of the most of the website jobs that you see are all reality tv shows Mm -hmm. Ain't yeah. trying to work reality. <laughs> you know, yes. I've got a few reality projects, uh, and I'm just like, no, I'm never again. <laughs> like this. stuff is so ridiculous. Some of, those, some of these reality shows, and I'm just like, I'm done with that stuff. So, um, but yeah, those are. Uh, but yeah, that's how I, I get. Most, most of my work is through connections. It's just if you if you make a good impression on people, then you'll get the work. Right. That's all. I People. That's it. So, just get on set, work your hardest. You know what I mean. And people will call you.
1: Yo, that's crazy. I, I, I love that. I mean, obviously, your work ethic is amazing and yeah. you're doing great work as it is. So when did Save the Airwaves become a thing? What, what And what is that?
0: Oh, so Save the Airwaves is uh, it started in, in college when I was going to school and it was during the whole height of uh, the YouTube generation, like right at the beginning of this decade where it was just like all everybody had a camera, everybody had like, you know, everything, access to any program and was just, bring, just uh, coming out with content left and right. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, all right, how can I differentiate myself from that, you know what I mean? And I wanted to basically save the airways is kind of like this this thing saying like, we're trying to, my content is saving you from like the, the crap that's out there, like just the random like, you know, just YouTube videos and random just crap videos that are like you know that people are just putting out there just ran you know content that like you know they somebody's out there and they're promoting some promoting a product and it just looks like crap you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I look at it and I'm just like, who did that? Like you know what I mean? I'm like, and I want to just reach out to that company and be like, uh, whatever you paid for this, you know what I mean? Because i I've i I've, 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 I've had clients come to me before where they're like. I feel like I got ripped off because I like I paid this guy three thousand dollars to do this and that, and this is what he produced me. And then they and then they pay me, and I'm like, okay, well, hey, I won't I won't charge you that same amount because I know you're trying to recover that. I'm like, hey, you know, pay me fifteen hundred bucks and I'll produce you this. And then like wow. and then I and then and then and then and then they come back and they're just like this is 10 times better than any of this. You know what I mean? And I think it's because I, I had that knowledge. I also have that knowledge of being in actual, I've worked on actual professional sets. So I'm bringing that knowledge down to my clients now. Yes. And I, and so, and so most people who are out there just running around with a camera have, have never worked on like, you know, Nike commercials or work that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. worked on Adidas and the things that I've worked on. And they never, they never seen how an actual set is and how things should actually look. And, you know what I mean? Lighting setups and cameras and things like that. So, mm-hmm. and, and I meet all these kids. So, all the people that I meet on these sets, I I hire on these jobs that I, yes. I'm doing for my clients. So, so, when I'm doing like small projects and stuff like that, I'll hire like, my buddy Aiden, you know what I mean. He comes and he shoots all my stuff. You know what I mean. Yeah, you know, you know. Or uh, my buddy Josh, who does all my audio. I'll have him come on set. You know, because he's worked on all these commercials with me too. So, and that's how. I, and so I, so I bring that that high end level of you know professionalism to the small business owner. Now, you know what I mean. So yeah. that's kind of my whole save the air i'm saving people you know to, in bringing better content you know so that was kind of how w- my thought process between uh behind save the airways.
1: that's so sick and you have a crew with you and that's really awesome and this is a crew that's kind of like on it permanently
0: no 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 that's just they're they're, they're we're all freelance so they're okay. just they yeah so i just hired them like you know once i have a project i could have like hey can i need i am are you available this day i need I need you to you know come help me shoot this. And, you know, so I now hired him on the yeah. Perfect.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, let's dive into these. Cause I, I actually went yesterday during my lunch break and watched a couple of these that you had on your page and yeah. just blown away. So can you give us, if you can, this, I know there's a lot that goes into these, um, these little commercials and these little films that you do, but can you give us like a kind of a overall creative process preparation guide to how these come to life.
0: Um, any project in particular you? Uh, so I think I I like
1: the like the Cinco de Mayo with the taco.
0: Oh that yeah, Cinco cool. de Mayo, yeah, yeah 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 yeah,
1: and that, and maybe the one with like maybe you have a couple couple fitness ones as well. So um, okay. yeah, so maybe those start with those. Yeah,
0: so see, uh, so the Cinco de Mayo was uh it was the, the the taco cello. So I had a friend, she just she worked at this uh this restaurant uh group. And he owned a few, and they owned a few restaurants, and they were looking to like beef up their social media content. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, we can go do that. And so I work with a, a director, uh, Pedro Perez, and I produce a lot of content with him, uh, produce a lot of his projects. And I was just like, hey, you know, they want to make this video for this uh, this taco cello. Are you interested in directing this thing? And um, you know, I come on as you know producer. And so we we kind of went to this restaurant we shot a little bit of content you know we asked you know we asked you know the typical uh, you know questions like hey what made you like what got you into cooking and what made you start this restaurant and like you know we talked to the chef and things like that Um, and we kind of we for that right there. We kind of just weaned it a little bit. It wasn't like this huge preparation behind it. It was just like we kind of weaned it a little bit. We kind of we, we had a, we had a list of questions, went there, asked them, and then we kind of just shot B roll, and then we and then we just kind of put this this little story together. We we're just like, all right, let's just put something together, and we just took these like thirty second little spots together. And I think we had, and, but we did have a uh, we did have an idea though, and it was it was this tequila brand. And we were, and they were trying to do. It was this tequila. I forgot the name of the tequila, but it was a. But their marketing was basically, they would do like, they would do these like short little character pieces of like the the farmers working, and like this is Jose, he chops the whatever of like you know this, and he's like smiling with it, and it's like you know, and this is what, and then they'll show a product shot and be like, this is his, his his you know. His skill is bringing this, you know, product to life, and so that was kind of like our, our, like we just had that example in our head, and we're like, okay, well, let's just do that for this, you know, and so that was that was our idea for that, um, the fitness spots, uh, UFC. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned that the UFC yeah. uh, was it Jacar Close? Yeah, yeah, Jacar. Yeah, yeah. So that actually was a protein commercial first, but then the protein commercial uh, person, his his business went under, okay. and so we didn't have any, so I was just like, I don't want to just lose this footage, you know what I, mean? I don't want to just not have it not being shown. Yeah. So I cut it into this kind of a UFC spot, uh, and then I sent it over to Jakar, and then I was like, hey man, what do you think about this? And he was just like, oh, this is awesome, I love this. And then, you know, he posted it up, and like, you know what I mean? And so it just became this like, kind of like his like, this cool intro video for him. Um, and then I did another kind of like, in then, you know, we had the boxing one, and the boxing one was the same thing. It was just like, it was part of the protein c- campaign. Mm-hmm. But then like the business went on So I was like, I don't want to lose this footage. So then I cut it to be a, uh, the uh, the boxing glove company, uh, you know, uh, dang, I forgot the name of it, but I forgot the, you know, I wanted it to be, you know, inspect commercial for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then I, you know, I do it. So those were those two big projects and then um, I did Warby Parker. Mm-hmm. And the idea between Warby Parker was my buddy, my, my old roommate, Tala, he, uh, he works at Warby Parker. And so I was just like, why don't we just do a commercial for Warby? And Wes Anderson had just came out with a video um, for H&M where he did like this short film that sh- featured all of H&M's like summer catalog clothes, everything, all the characters were wearing H&M clothes. Mm-hmm. And I was – but they made this short film, and it kind of just showed. it didn't focus too much on the clothes, but, you know, you could see it to be like, oh, that was a nice outfit, you know? And so um, that was – so that was the – my thought process uh, behind the Warby Parker one was that, like, let's make a short film, and all the glasses that the characters are wearing are Warby Parker's – their Warby Parker's summer catalog. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was the thing. And I think he shared it to like the some higher echelon in Warby Parker and I think I think they uh, I think they might have shared it internally and stuff like that. But I think he might have got invited to go to New York to like be like like do an internship for their uh, for their marketing, but he never he didn't take it, so I don't know. I, <laughs> but I mean, like he got invited, it, it like opened up an opportunity for him, but I don't think he didn't take it though. So, um, but yeah, that, that so that was the thought process behind it. A lot of these, a lot of those projects were uh, that I did were just kind of like to see where my level was and mm-hmm. kind of come up with some like you know ideas and just you know show people that I can do I can direct and produce and things like that. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's really cool. And another thing I want to talk about, because obviously these videos, they seem pretty, I mean, they're not super long, but I know, well, maybe I don't know, but are the set days pretty long? Is there a process to that? The Free piece of Podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you.
0: Oh, so those set days. So the Rory Parker spot we shot in one day. Okay. Uh, And the yeah, in the UFC and the boxing, those were both one day. So usually, when for me, I try to my process is because I'm like you know I'm very low I'm low budget because all most of the stuff is coming out of my pocket Mm -hmm. when I make it Uh, when I make some when I make these videos is that I try to keep the set days to so at least one day, yeah. you know what I mean. I don't want people coming in on uh, two days unless it's like a narrative project that mm-hmm. people are involved in. So like my my new web series, Laughter Not Guaranteed, that took two days to shoot. Okay. You know so, uh, and that I you know I put I think a thousand bucks into that. You know I paid uh, I paid uh, I didn't pay anybody. I, I just I I I fed the crew. I right. made sure I fed that I fed the crew. Uh it took everybody out to lunch and things like that. Uh, and then I paid for it. The the most of the, the main most of that budget was to the post of, of it. Like I had to get it I had to get the sound design done. I had to uh add some after effects stuff in there. I had to get like fake smoke coming out of her mouth because uh it wasn't oh, a real yeah. yeah, yeah. She was it wasn't a real joint that she was smoking. So like it posed I wanted this to be this I wanted it to be this i wanted that shot to be my my that 70s show yes like they were as cloudy smoke you know so uh so i had this i have uh a guy uh who, who owns a company here i think a foxtrot uh and he he does so much he does great work uh paul he uh he works on shows like uh, some like CSI, and he, oh, he does wow. so. he did, like his demo reel. I was very impressed. Like I was just like, well, but but he's but he's local here, and he runs a you know a, a monthly filmmakers meeting that I, I I go to sometimes, and um and that's where I, I kind of connected with him. And I was just like, hey, you know, I, I know you do posts and you know, I don't have that big of a budget, but can you do this for me? <laughs> and so yeah, he hooked it up, and he like did all the text bubbles for me, and did the clouds, the smoke, and, And like even in the even in our uh, Altar Valley, the movie we funded a couple years ago, uh, we had already released it to the film festivals. But he went back this past year and cleaned up all these like shots with with, where we had you could actually see lights in the in the frame. Oh yeah. Went back and cleaned. He has a, a whole post breakdown on his website of this process of of how he did that. It was it's crazy the the amount of work he does, but it's it's but it's good. It's great work. He does great stuff. So
1: that is yeah. so awesome. I want to come back to that film you submitted in a second. Oh okay. yeah, but um, what he's talking about is uh, left not guaranteed. Writer's block. It's what you're referring to, right?
0: Yeah, left not guaranteed. The first episode. Uh, yeah, writer's block. Yes.
1: Yeah. So and that's and that's a short film series that you mentioned before for. Your, for
0: YouTube yeah, it was yeah so so it's a web series that I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to pitch I'm uh, so basically the idea when I when I when I came up with the idea was that like shows like Broad City mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's what I felt yeah yeah and uh, there's a show uh, on HBO I think it's called high end or something like that but they all started out as web series mm-hmm. Raw City started out on uh, on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then and, um, the high high one uh, started out on Vimeo. Wow! And then and they and they just they were web series, and that you know people saw them, and they were like, "Cool, we want to pick that up." <laughs> so that's my kind of my idea right now. What Laughter Night Guarantee was I? You know, I came up with this idea, and so um, I'm trying to do a couple. I'm doing a couple episodes, to, you know, and getting people excited for it. And uh, but the idea is to get you know somebody that'd be like i think that could be something you know what i mean and uh, you know and hopefully one day it could be on like hulu or netflix or amazon or you know whoever will will bite but like yeah i'm trying I'm, you know I'm, I'm in the process of well i, I think i found my like, two actors already I, i'm in the process of you know casting the second episode and um uh, next is just you know i gotta do a shot list and actually i gotta i need to find a location and you know do all the whole pre-pro stuff and you know but uh yeah we're gearing up to do that uh that next and then also we have a movie uh a movie called westbury we were promoting last year so westbury is uh is the story in uh you know, that takes place in it, essentially there's a neighborhood in Greensboro right across the street from wet and wild <laughs> uh, <laughs> called Westbury, which I grew up from. My mom currently still lives there uh, and but it, the, the idea was that we wanted it to be wonder years for black people. Yo. Not, that was, that was, that was the idea because of how Westbury was. Westbury was such a diverse neighborhood where there was like, dude, there's so many people of like just different cultures were there. We had, we had, uh, people from Korea, people, uh, and the Muslims, we had uh, Filipino people, white, black, Mexican, dude, we had the, it was everything growing up over there. It was so crazy. Like the amount of people, um, Growing up there, and I, uh, and so me and my buddy Julian, who I grew up with in North Carolina, we wrote a movie. We wrote a short film, Westbury. Uh, we wrote two. We so we wrote two, two, two films. We wrote that are titled the same. So one is about three kids that on the last day of summer that sneak into. The water part, uh, Wet and Wild, mm-hmm. which is not uncommon. I mean, we, back oh, then we yeah. we could get into Wet and Wild pretty easily, um, and so that was the first. That was the first draft. So that one we were originally wanting to do this summer, but due to we only got like we what we needed like thirty thousand dollars. So, but we only got like two thousand. So Ooh. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. So we were like, okay. Then I was do crowdfunding. That was crowdfunding and stuff like that. So. What we did was uh, we rewrote the story to contain it more in that it takes place all outside and it's about a football game. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was more in this one. This story is more it's a more in the day of the life of Westbury type of deal. Um, And so that and so we rewrote that and that's more in our um, within our budget Mm -hmm. that we got and that we were, we planning on shooting that here in phoenix actually because we were just thinking like all the we don't have any con- i don't have any connections to crew out in north carolina that could like pull it off for this budget but you know here in phoenix i could get it done for this budget here cuz i know a lot more people here yeah so we're going to do that once it cools down that's the main reason we we haven't did anything yet <laughs> You know, it's like we've had over 110 degree weather for like 30 days straight. I think here, or something crazy oh like that. Oh my god! We so we're waiting till like the like I think late October, early November to kind of s- the to start production on it. So we because the, the 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 whole thing takes place outside, so we don't want kids like passing out like you know in 100 yeah. degree weather football. So um, so we're we're so we're we're gearing up for that pretty soon. Uh, uh. And uh, shoot I lost my train of thought. I was yeah, like, well, you're good. You're good. uh and so oh yeah, and so the so the original Westbury idea, the one about the kids at the water park, I actually submitted to this Disney competition that's coming up. Oh sick. Uh, but, well it's already over with. It, it the deadline was in uh, was in July. And so we submitted that original script to them and I and I wrote and we had to put together like a kind of a a look book, kind of pitch book and i pitched it as the black wonder years to them i was like this is what this kind of what if this was a series it would be the black wonder Years, you know uh mixed with like sandlot and stuff like that and you know what i mean all those great great kids movies that we grew up with like little giants and things like that that's kind of the inspiration behind westbury um so hopefully i hear back from them soon that i don't i don't think i won't hear anything back from them until uh I think they uh, they won't let people know until, like, late September, early November because they, they're going to bring a bunch of people in to interview and stuff like that. So Right. Hopefully, one of those 15 people they bring in at Disney, if they listen to this, please. <laughs> Just
1: please, Disney, if you listening to this, please uh, fund my podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 fund my podcast. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Dude, that would be so nostalgic to yeah. see something like that. On Disney, I would be in tears if I
0: got to see that. So good luck to that. That's awesome. That's what I mean. Like, that's what and that's what that was when me and Julian were writing it. We were thinking that we were just like, wouldn't that? Wouldn't it be cool to have like the black version of Wonder Years and it takes place in the '90s as a TV show on like you know what I mean? Uh, like in and, and name it Westbury because I mean like Westbury, you could get away with like adding because we our neighborhood was so diverse that you can have all these different stories. From all these different kids, from different races, and everything like that, it it, it could be endless po- possibilities. You know what I mean for the show. So, um, um yes, yeah,
1: yes, yeah. yes.
0: So that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So yes. hopefully, hopefully that comes to
1: definitely you know. keep us updated on that because I'm gonna root for you on that one. That's gonna be freaking awesome. Yeah. So heck yeah. So let's go back to that movie that you said you funded a couple years ago.
0: So oh, so Alter Valley. Yes. Yeah, we cried funny. So that was a so my buddy Pedro and my old roommate Tala, they both wrote this film, Alter Valley. Now, this is before the whole Trump administration crazy <laughs> stuff at the border started <laughs> happening. So we wrote this story because Pedro, like me and Pedro, me and him are huge. We're, he's like my yeah, we're just, we're very good friend out here, and we we always talk about movies. We always, you know, we're like, hey, did you see this movie? Did you see this movie? But we would always be on set, just coming up with ideas, and I was like. And he would he would always tell me these stories because he 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 is a citizen now he's a citizen now but yeah, like yeah. he was tell, tell he would tell me all these stories about like how he crossed and all mm-hmm. these like kind of crazy stories and I was just like wouldn't it be a crazy if we just told a story about the border and like the realism of like you know what happens at the border and like dealing with coyotes and all of this stuff and so we so we crowdfunded we got it we got $10,000 we made the movie and by the time we finished post and did everything, and it came out, and we submitted to festivals, it had been Trump. Trump had been in office. And, oh my god! And, and the whole, you know, him putting people in cages, and the whole he calling you know people at the border rapists and murderers yeah, and all yeah. that other stuff. And, I, and and our movie is dealing like you know is about these coyote, about this one coyote, this one dude. Who's a fucking asshole? Who basically he <laughs> he 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 tries to rape these women at a border and like you know what I mean? He he, he has a, he murders he shoots them he shoots them in the back because they're trying to escape and like you know they hit him with a rock, dude. It's and it's like and I'm thinking to myself I'm just like I'm like dude and I'm telling the I'm telling I'm talking to the director I'm like dude I mean it's a it's a it's a decent film it's a good film it's just it's. it's one of those movies that got released at the wrong time like you know what I mean it's one of those films that we did and it's just like if it was like 10 years before earlier you know it would be perfect you know what I mean but now that we have such a a crazy motherfucker in office right now it's it makes us seem like we're these right wing Active. Like, you know, what I mean? we're trying to make a movie about like because we have these very conservative views, which we don't we just we were just telling a realistic story because we thought this was a good idea because we were just like, let's bring awareness about what stuff goes on in the border. And like my buddy, he deals with this stuff for like, you know, he was uh, my buddy he dealt with this stuff. And I was just like, it'd be crazy to tell a cool story like this. And it just happened to be because like now that Trump is in office and he's fucking act talking all kind of crazy ass shit that like we're just like. You know, and that's why, I, like, I haven't really been posting about it, like, you know, what I mean? yeah, because it, it's just like it's like right now it's that it's not the climate for it, you know what I mean? No, it's not. It, it, yeah, so it's kind of we've like we've gotten into a few festivals, but like, like I haven't like we really haven't gotten into any festivals with it, and I think that like that right there is because of what the what we're showing in the story, even though the story has this like kind of like you know it's about a a guy who's trying to support his family and he you know he he has a debt to pay to the cartel and so he has to do these like these runs and stuff like that even though it kind of has this character who's supposed to be the good person it still shows this violence that like trump has been spewing about you know what i mean yes it's, and so and and i don't want to be part of his agenda i don't want it i don't want the right wing to like get on this get onto this movie and be like Look, you see, even filmmakers are making it, and I, you know, I don't want that. I don't want that crap on there. I don't want that type of publicity. I don't want that 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 publicity. Like that right there, it'd be so crazy. Like like if somebody heard this podcast and it's like, oh, I wonder what this movie's about. It goes and sees Altar Valley on Vimeo, and they're like, look, look, and it and it spreads like wildfire and like over. 30 million people oh. view. I mean, like, you know what I mean? It'd be something like that where it just overnight, like, you know, and then people are like, you're a, bu- you're a bunch of assholes and like, you should never, like, you're right wing. I'm like, no, I don't want that that to happen. You know what I mean? That would be like <laughs> some
1: worst case scenario shit and they would get yeah. so much backlash.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I don't, and that's why I really haven't been pushing it because I was just like, I don't want like that, you know, some, some crazy person to like be like, this is exactly what Trump was talking about. Look, just watch this movie. You know what I mean, type of thing. So, uh, so that's definitely not what I was going for. And I just, and I and I told and I told the director and I was just like I told him I was just like, dude, I mean like, hey, you just gotta, we're just gonna have to bite this one up. I mean like, even though we we spent this money on it, I'm just like, we it, it, we sure, Trump Trump ruined it for us dude <laughs> just like you know what I mean he ruined the movie for you so I mean like it, it's just one of those things where it, it, like it is what it is type of thing like you know like yeah. we, 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 oh, we went in with the intentions of telling like this story like oh my god like you know this is the real realism of Border crossing, like you know, we were thinking like Sicario type of thing. Yeah, yes. Know what I mean? like, yes. pick up Sicario, like you know, because that movie had just came out when we were writing it. We were like, oh man, let's do a movie like Sicario. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and like, and, and then, and then, like Trump comes to the office and then like ruins the whole fucking thing for us. And so we're just like, fuck. Yeah, you know I mean, because we shot it. I think we shot it. Yeah, we we shot it before he even got elected. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so so it was a yeah. Shot, so we shot the film before he was elected into office. So we shot it in the, that October, before he got elected, and then we released it. It had finally got released like last last September or something like that. And Damn. I think I think and then Trump was saying all that crazy ass shit, and it was just like, yeah, you know. Okay. If like hillary if hillary had gotten into office i think it would have been uh, totally it would have been perfect it would, been awesome. I mean? it would have been awesome like nobody would have cared it'd been like oh it's just another story but like it's because we have this crazy person in here trying to close our borders and like you know what i mean he's trying to like you know it, 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 it feeds that narrative you know what i mean and we don't want to be part of that you know so. yeah yeah
1: dang dude well shoot well hopefully i might i might go watch it you, you might have to hook it up for me
0: Yeah, you can watch it still. It's on Vimeo. I might have to go put it on private. Yeah, put it on private. Say this.
1: So
0: nobody goes to catch this wind for. They're like, what? What movie? (laughs) (laughs) Give me the password. So yeah, dude, that's
1: awesome, man. And last one talking about is our music videos. Oh yeah, music. Do you enjoy? Do you like doing music videos?
0: Um, it's like a love hate relationship with me. It's like me doing like when people ask me to do like it's so funny. I get invited to do weddings a lot, but. It's my friend's wedding. They're always like, hey, Parko, like, you want to come to my wedding? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Oh, can you bring your camera? I'm yes. like, what? It's I'm fun. like, I'm, I want to be – I don't want to work at your wedding. I want to, like, go to your wedding. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that. I have people come up to me, and like, you know, friends that have, you know, music videos. And, like, you know, if I like the song, I'm like, okay, cool. But if I don't like the song, I don't want to be like – yeah, you know what I mean, like you know. See, <laughs> so it's like a love hate relationship. You know what I mean, like I, I I wouldn't mind shooting your wedding, but I also don't want to shoot you. you know yes. Know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that. i like I I'll shoot your abuse video, I don't, but I don't I don't want I don't like it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like so. um Yeah. I. It just depends on the, like I said. It just depends on the song. It's not. Because usually when people ask me to shoot their music video, they don't have a big budget to shoot shooting. Yeah. In, so it's like a thousand dollars, you know what I mean? Fifteen hundred bucks, and it, you know what I mean? It, it, you can only do so much with that, you know what I mean? And you know some people are asking for crazy stuff, you know what I mean? They're asking for you know all different types of like you know, they like I need cars, I need this, I need this, and I'm like. Where you supposed to get all this stuff for a thousand dollars? You know what I mean? Like I, I have connections, but I you know, I like I don't got those type of connections. I mean, like you can park my Prius out there and like Yo. <laughs> and dance in front of that, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of guys, uh, local guys, you know, and that, and that, but it also forces you know me as the filmmaker and director to come up with some creative ways to be like, okay, we won't be able to do this but we can do this, you know yes. what I mean? So like, I there's a music video I shot for my buddies, Ella uh, uh and I had this huge idea about like, this ooze coming down and coming off and they're being covered and all this other stuff, and we and coming out of a TV and like, you know, it was, just, it was just all of this stuff, but then they ended up uh, cutting, they cut half the script up and like, the, like I pitched them this idea and then they came back to me and was like, it's going to cost too much money. We like this part and we like this. And I was like, okay, so what else, how how else can I get this to be more jumpy, more like poppy, like uh, not poppy but like, you know, add some life to it. And so we found these guys uh out in Scottsdale who had these huge color like you know, you know, uh, so there, I guess people fly uh, drones through like they race drones through these like obstacle courses, mm-hmm. and so we were able to find this guy who had this like these drone obstacle courses that lit up different colors, and so he had wow. a triangle square and they were just huge things out in, in this guy's backyard so we were at, able to add like you know this kind of flair to it and put each band member in like a square and into a triangle and like do all these cool things with it and then the the guy um, the, the band members they had this guy out of New York who's editing the video and he did such a good job cutting the video and mm-hmm. doing all these cool cool effects that it just came out it came out perfect it was like, I was like oh perfect I would have never thought about that with that edit like you know so he did a lot of cool things with the shapes and things Like it was it was really good it came out really good see that's
1: awesome and it's it's very cool doing even doing jobs you don't necessarily want to do it kind of pushes you in a, a different sort of way you know so that's that's awesome that's cool so I wanted to see how life so in between these shoots and videos and all that what do you are, are you just constantly just writing just scouting what do you what does the director do outside of all this
0: outside of all this right now well I guess it's just m- mainly just coming up with ideas that are like you want like you're trying to tell you just want to tell a story that's never been told before yeah and so you know I've you know I got I've have notes and notes of just different log lines and synopsis about of like you know of different movies that I want to do and like right now I have um after I finished Westbury and in the second episode of Laughter Night*, guarantee I have a uh, a short film that I want to direct, and it's called *Queen*, and it's about a uh, a young black uh, chess player who's yes. at the at the women's chess uh, finals, and she and she and it has all these different kind of flashbacks. Uh, of her and her grandfather playing chess, teaching her life lessons, as, as being a you know as you know being a black person in America, growing up and like you know what I mean. And so that's my next my next story that I've try, I'm, I'm I'm kind of writing and wanting to do next year. And um, yeah, and so it's just like you know just coming up, and I guess just uh, I guess staying busy like that. That's like you know what I mean. If you for anybody who's uh wanting to be a director out there is just keep shooting stuff like keep keep coming up with ideas and in writing and coming up with scripts and just getting out there and finding a team of people who will help you bring that project to life yes because I mean that's the biggest thing Is just like you know you're just finding people to help you bring that uh, project to life and I mean if it's a good story people will take notice to it like no matter how it looks you know what I mean? Like if it doesn't have high production value, if it has a great story, like, Oh man, he tried and this is a great story. You know what I mean? People will take notice, you know, to it, you know? So, uh, awesome. but nobody, but nobody will take notice If it has bad sound though.
1: Yeah. Sound is everything.
0: Sound is everything. So if anything, invest in sound, cause sound will make or break a picture. I, I, I just, I always tell people that I just like, I hate terrible sound in movies. Like I, ugh like any project, like if, if even have a friend of mine or somebody who's like, Hey, take a look at this, then I'm looking and it has sound. I'm just like, You're done. I uh, can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, just like, <laughs> <it's just> like, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I, it's just the sound for me is, just, is, is horrible. I'm just like, oh, God, like, ugh. you know,
1: so dude, yeah, you can never
0: recover. No, you have a bad sound, you know, so.
1: That's hilarious. So if you send Parker something, make sure it has good sound, please.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure it has
1: good sound. <laughs> so, you know, we're getting close to wrapping this up, but I'm okay. so curious of how, so there's there's, there's obviously a saturation in the creative industry. And saturation isn't, isn't bad. It's cool that people are getting into it, you know, all the time. But what tools and resources are you using to kind of keep yourself kind of ahead and up to date?
0: Up today, you know what? I'm not really using because everybody has access to all the same tools now. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and I think it's about being creative at this point. And I think it's about telling stories that people really want to hear. And there, and this, and this, is in this, this, and it's starting to come out now. Like everybody's tired of hearing. You know, I gotta say it. You know, the the, the typical white person story. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've heard it a hundred different times, and so that's why movies like. Farewell, and the last black man in San Francisco are mm-hmm. doing so well. All these cultural movies are doing so well is because we've never, like, you know, uh, white people and other people of uh, different races have never seen another person struggle like that before. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So they're just like, oh, I never knew that was like that. You know what I mean? Oh, and it's doing, and they're and they're being done in these creative, artistic ways, like mo- like movies like Moonlight. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, you know I mean? so it's just, yes, you know. It, you know, and so people are, are taking notice to that, and that's what people want to see now. Like, people are tired of the whole, uh, you know, white people, like, the story, you know, crying. And, oh, we've we seen it a hundred damn times. We don't give a fuck anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now we, like, you know, so now everybody's wanting to hear, like, real stories and, like, you know, about family and, like, how it is for other people in the, you know, how it is in America for other people. You know what I mean? They're showing it, yeah, you Yes, you know they're shining a light. You know, artists are like you know shining a light on that, and so I think if you have a a real authentic story, you know what I mean, that's true to yourself, you know what I mean. I, I think you'll be successful in Hollywood, or you know what I mean. You're because te- as long as you're you, as long as you're telling a story that nobody else has heard, or you're telling it, it could be any story, mm-hmm. but tell it in a way that has never been done, and like you know what I mean, then. I think people will take notice and love whatever you're telling, you know, that is um, so sick. Yes, I definitely yeah. agree. Yeah, Cause I, I think that's what it is. It's just, you know, people are just, you know, they're just tired of the the same old stuff. And so, and being, and a lot of it's just being repackaged. You see how, what they're doing with now, they're just like, you know, it's remake after remake, you know what I mean? And some of them are yeah. good. Some of them are flops, you know what I mean? And like people, people don't want remakes, People, I mean, to be honest with you, people—they're—they're just—they're—they're they're really hooked on these superhero movies. I mean, like yep. that's what I mean, and, and, and that's the way it's going to be. I mean, people are just hooked on all the anything that's a nerd, nerd nerdy right now. Like, you know, uh, any any Marvel movie, any comic book movie, any any Star Wars movie—that's all anybody wants to really see. You know what I mean? Like, it, it like it, it's, it's sad because when you know, movies like you know. Like a movie like Last Black Man in San Francisco, which mm-hmm. is such a, a cool movie, doesn't get that much recognition. But from people, but only from the people who actually love movies. You know what yeah. I mean? People like, so they're film buffs and stuff like that. And we're the ones. And so I, I always tell people, uh, there's a different. There's a, there's a, there's films and there's movies. Mm-hmm. And films are for people who love movies. You know what I mean? Love is movies. Those are made for people who want to be challenged in it. And then if you just if you just want like a movie that's which is like popcorn movie, you know that's where you go for, you know Star Wars and yep. uh, you know and you know and freaking uh, Marvel movies, you know. And I like I used to and I used to be part of that problem back. I mean, but I also used to watch like other movies. Like I remember I remember you know I would go. I remember the two big movies in I think two thousand twelve was or two thousand eleven whatever Avengers came out. I remember being like excited about Avengers. Mm-hmm. Then I was excited about Drive, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, yes. That was like the two movies. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then like, I went to film school with people, and I would be like, "Did you see Drive?" No, but I love Avengers, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, you know, like that. that <laughs> like, like, like that was that. When I went to film school, there was kids there who were who were their favorite films were, like Transformers and like you know, you know things like that, and I. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, and I can't, you can't really talk, because I was a film buff, so I couldn't really talk to them about these great movies that were coming out, like, you know what I mean, like, these indie movies that were coming out of Sundance, and, like, you know yes. what I mean, and, and I was just, like, trying to talk to them about that, and they were just like, oh, no, no, but I saw Avengers, and this, and, like, you know, Iron Man, and they were, i like, yeah, dude, that's, that's cool and all, but, like, but what about this movie? This is, this movie looked amazing, like, shame, like, I remember... Shame came out when I was in uh, film school uh, by Steve McQueen, and I was watching a trailer in in uh, the editing lab, and the guy comes up behind me, he's like, oh, that looks amazing, what, what is that? I was like, oh, it's the new Steve McQueen movie. And the, he goes, he's like, I thought that guy was dead. And I was just like, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that's the actor? The Steve McQueen is the filmmaker. This guy, you know, the black filmmaker, you know, the British filmmaker, and you know, it was, it's just like that's the like the interactions I had at like you know my school, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Dude,
1: that's so sick, and it's so true. And I'm glad you kind of did that comparison between films and movies because that is absolutely true. With my modern media studies, so we yeah. definitely got like a taste of a lot of different kinds of movies that challenge you, and some of you just kind of like. You know, kind of turn your brain off and watch. So there's definitely a big difference.
0: That's, yeah. That's... And I mean, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, like I always tell, it's just like you know, and I think it, it's you gotta find if you're if you're a true movie cinema goer, you know, what I mean, movie goer, you you'll you'll watch you you'll watch both of them. You yeah. Know what I mean. Yeah. You yeah. watch mainstream and you'll watch regular films. And I think if you just if you're one sided, and I mean, like you could be. I mean, like if if that's you and you love stuff like that and you want to be like Michael Bay yes go for it. Be, be that's all you you know what i mean yes go for it you know what i mean like i but like i'm more of a person that like if i was to if i was to have like a combination i would be more like jackie chair okay because he has story in action yes yes <laughs> so that's, so that's kind of like i mean it might not be a great story but it's story at least you know what i mean it's a decent story and decent cinematography It really good like choreographed action real action uh so yeah i would i would want to do stuff like uh like that, Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. <laughs> if I was to make action. Movies.
1: Right. Well, you better because I'll definitely watch them. But yeah, speaking of that, so let's jump to your, where do you see yourself in the 5, 10, 20 years from now? Like, what are your kind of ambitions?
0: Man, you know what? It's so hard to put it. You know, I, you know, when I was at film school, I thought by now I would be like, directing big projects and being like, you know what I mean? But it's harder than what it takes, you know, because like yeah. you said, it's hard to get a foot in the door without, you know, knowing somebody or getting, being seen by some big project. So, uh, I mean, 10 years, you know, I really would just hope to be, have like, now I've kind of set my sights to a little bit smaller. I really just want to have, well, at least one or two, uh, or at least one feature film done.
1: Yeah.
0: That I've written and directed and that, being even if it doesn't like go to Sundance or anything at least be hit the festival circuit get a little buzz and it gets me a Decent job doing something with like Netflix or Hulu or yeah. somebody's like, hey, here's a script Do you want to and I read it? and I'm like perfect. I'll do I'll I'll I'll, I'll direct your next Netflix movie. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, so that's kind of like my goal in like the next you know uh, 10 10 years or uh, 10 10 15 20 years. is just you know just to be a working director You know what I mean? Just kind of like, you know, I you know I kind of gave you know I didn't give up on the Oscar ambition, but I feel like with the way content is going now, Mm -hmm. that the Oscars is kind of like a, it's a lost cause. I think you know what I mean because like, movies like people are watching movies on Netflix, and now Netflix can't, like unless Netflix releases this movies to theaters first it won't be nominated. It can't be nominated for an Oscar. You know what I mean? So it has to have a small theater run before it, like, you know, before it can be nominated for an Oscar. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, the way content's going, as long as I think I've entertained my my friends and family like hey i direct it and that's the main reason too is getting my show or something on netflix and stuff because most of my projects now i'm like trying to get people to go to a website so you don't know, watch it but if it was on netflix or something they would they would watch it in a heartbeat because it's right there they're already laying down in the bed and they like mm-hmm. oh oh Oh, here's Parko's project. I'll just watch that now because it's on <laughs> Netflix. You know what I mean? Instead of they have to have a laptop up or whatever, you know what I mean? They could sit there and watch it on their PlayStation from, you know, from Netflix or Hulu. So, I mean, and I think that's the way the content is going. So I think in the future, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like some weird new award ceremony, some new weird streaming ceremony, like the best stream movie of 2000. You know what I mean? Oh so yeah, weird, yeah like that like that competes with the Oscars almost it's like you got the Oscars that are for all the theater movies and then you got something that's like for all the uh, everything that's on streaming streams streaming, yeah. streaming like so I wouldn't be surprised if there was something like crazy like that or if even if the Oscars offered an Oscar <laughs> category oh for streaming, yeah yeah okay well so People can stop competing, like, oh man, the Oscar, you know, Netflix doesn't want to, you know, well, won't you just make a new category, the best stream movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you got, yeah, so um, nope, they can do that, you know what I mean? So, I, I mean,
1: there's definitely, something like that.
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: there's definitely a lot of different alternatives that can go to kind of do that. So, I, I haven't even thought about that before. That's a very good point. So, well, hopefully, I do yeah. that. But, yeah, dude, um, yeah. before we bounce, um, so i've always asked advice for people in the creative world but do advice for the up-and-coming filmmakers or maybe people who are kind of interested but kind of scared of you know to dip their toes into the water you know so what would you say to them
0: uh man that's kind of tough (laughs) i would just say i mean go for it i mean like if you let, I mean, if you just, if you let, if you live your life in fear, like, you are just never gonna, like, you're gonna be, you're gonna be greatly disappointed in yourself yeah. later on. Like, I mean, that, and that, it took me a lot to get over it. Like, you know, I, if I was to go back to my ninth grade self or 10th grade self and be like, oh, I, you would, you would be on the West Coast. I would be like, oh, you're, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, but it was a lot of it was just like, you know, that, that one decision where I was like, no, I wanna do this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if, you know, it kills me. I, you know, so, I just did it, you know? And so, and, and, I, and that's the, I mean, like, for people, like, I mean, just put yourself, and that's one of the things I'm still overcoming right now, is just like, you know, being rejected. And so I'm, yeah. I'm slowly starting to put myself out there more and more and more, releasing more and more stuff. Like, I was so scared to even release, laughter not guaranteed. The first episode, because I was like, what if people don't like it? I don't know. And then like, they're just like, people just like, just release it, just release it. And I'm just like, <gasps> I'm like struggling to hit the enter button to hit like post. And I'm just like, oh, you know. So finally I did it. And then like, I got get people good feedback. People are like, mm-hmm. what's the next episode? And like, oh, like I'm just it was like, awesome. Oh. Yes. So it's been really good, positive feedback and things like that. So I would just say, you know, just, just, just do it because I mean, I mean, like, in the end, what's the worst that anybody can tell you is no. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, bye. You yes, know what I mean? exactly. Like, they don't like it. I mean, like, you know, it's not the end of the world. It ain't like somebody's going to come up to you and kill you or anything like that. It's just like, it's just no. Yes. Uh, so, I would say for new filmmakers, just if you're going to go to film school, do a lot of research on a film school, yes. make sure they have a great program. Uh, because there are definitely other schools like it's funny because the art institute was supposed to be like a bachelor's degree but there's a the scottsdale community college that's here in town has the best film program in the city yeah you know really? like, and if i had did my research i would have went to that school you know what i mean uh, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah it's just you know you know definitely do your research on like different film schools if you're going to film school and if you have a project that you if, like if you're just a person who's just like I got an idea and I want to get a p- project made and I have no idea like who to, I would just get on Facebook and hit up all the different like join any of the like you know for me it'd be like Arizona film community or uh, crew members, mm-hmm. actors and then so do the same thing wherever your city uh, wherever your state you live in like North Carolina you know uh, film community crew members actors and then just join those groups and just be like hey you know i'm a director or i'm an up-and-coming director i want to make a project i have this idea i have no clue what where to start can I, and then find a producer that's the biggest thing if you're a new person find somebody who's a producer and he'll help you get everything for your project taken care of <laughs> yes
1: yes yeah. dude that's so amazing i'm like you've inspired me you know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> thank you i appreciate that <laughs> that's so
1: awesome and i definitely appreciate you taking the time to do this obviously you're out in arizona um but if you are are you, are you for high right now you'll do commercials and stuff like that right now
0: uh yeah well i'm uh sunday through friday i i got this we're doing this huge photography conference where all these photographers from all over the world coming okay. down doing all this stuff but after that yeah, i'm free okay free, free, free. So-
1: Yeah, so please hit Parker up He's in Arizona, but would you travel?
0: Oh yeah, I travel. Yeah, I go to Atlanta. I go to LA. Perfect. I go, you
1: know, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, you didn't mention that before. So yes, he yeah, is who yeah. travel. Will travel and look at his site, save the airways I'm going to post that. And what's your um? Do you have any, any other social media? Are you anywhere
0: else? I'm uh, um, on Instagram. I am on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is my more my my, my political. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like sticking it to the man. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, save the rainforest. It is like, why is this person done justice for this? Yes. Uh, Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Is a uh, Parco Rich and uh also on instagram is parko rich
1: yes so please follow him support him he's amazing he's changing the game his commercials are so good short stories are amazing hope you get um uh that uh left a guarantee gets picked up Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: that that writer's block was awesome i enjoyed it a lot so please go watch (laughs) that um i (laughs) will link all your social media on the description and everyone thank you for listening and thank you parko
0: thank you for having me i appreciate it absolutely
1: have definitely have a good rest of your day
0: You too. Thanks. Later, dude.
1: Later.
0: The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, LiveJournal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smokes, niggles, whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.